It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Sailing the East podcast. I'm Bela Musitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. This is our podcast about sailing the East Coast of the United States. In some episodes, we'll focus on passages and destinations. In other episodes, we will talk about boats, equipment, and techniques. And when we come across an interesting person, we'll try to get them as a guest on the show. Now, what makes this podcast a little bit unusual, Bella, I think, is that only one of us sails. Yeah, that would be me. I've been sailing for over 30 years, not across oceans, but on lakes and coastal cruising on the east coast of the United States. And I, Mike, know very little about sailing. I've sailed a little bit and I'm kind of interested, but I don't know a stay from a shackle. So I think it works best if I ask most of the questions and Bela, you try to answer. Yeah, I hope so, Mike. Uh, it looks like we received an email from a listener asking about bare boat chartering. Okay, now first, this sounds a little naughty, bare boat chartering. So let's start with a basic question. And what does bare boat chartering mean? Uh, well, it's, it's not naughty, uh, so you may be disappointed in that. <laughs> but bare boat means you, the person chartering or renting the boat, is in charge. You are the captain of the boat. So there's no crew. Uh, there's no captain that the charter company is providing. So you're the one that's responsible for the safety of the crew and the boat. And uh, in a previous episode, I believe it was episode number 19, uh, we discussed in some general terms uh, various different ways that boat chartering works uh, and both crew charters and bare boat charters. So, yep, that's what that I, means, Mike. I remember. All right. So I think this is a great question. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, I think that'd be great. Okay. Hi, Bela and Mike. I'm enjoying your podcast a great deal. The last one was particularly interesting as my wife and I are taking our first charter together in May in the British Virgin Islands. I'm a lifelong sailor and I grew up cruising on the Long Island Sound. I have bare boated twice in the BVIs, British, British Virgin Islands, both times with great success. However, this trip will be my wife's first time cruising on a sailboat. We day, day sail a bit every summer on Adirondack Lake, but that's about it for her experience. My question for you is what type of preparation do you suggest over the next month so that we can increase our odds of having a good time? Learning to tie some knots, reading any particular books or videos, and what are your favorite meals to cook to cook aboard, especially as we'll be quarantined for our first, for our first four days? Background, I can do pretty much everything on the boat single-handed except for picking up the mooring ball. We're getting a fairly new Beneteau 38.2-footer from the moorings who I've chartered with before. Regards, Carter. So, Bela, this, I think, is a great question. What do you think of Carter's question? Oh, I think it is a great question because I think a lot of couples struggle with this challenge or issue, right? Oftentimes, uh, there's one um, person who enjoys a, a particular activity more than the other, and the other one is sort of along for the ride, so to speak. Uh, so I think about this just like any other vacation, 
that you do with your partner, your spouse, your family, or in a group, right? Uh, so you've got to have interesting things for everyone to do. Otherwise, that'll be the only vacation you do like that. Uh, so if the goal here is to repeat, uh, then uh, you got to figure out how to make it interesting for everyone. So let me let me try to uh, start start by asking this a non-sailing question. So when you go to the beach, Mike, what do you like to do? Well, ironically, I do my best to avoid the sun when I'm at the beach. Uh, I almost always drink too many cocktails, and I try not to overexert myself. You? Well, uh, I like to fish. I like to run on the beach. Uh, so. We're not really a great match, are we, for going to the no, beach together? No, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the sailing, the sailing has its same challenges, right? There, there may be one person who's very interested in the actual sailing itself, right? Sailing the boat, trimming the sails, figuring all that stuff out. Another one might be much more interested in the destinations and exploring the destinations. Uh, one person may like to have the boat really healed over, as, or as we say, the rail in the water. Uh, meaning that the boat is really heeled over. Uh, the other person may like it nice and slow, a nice leisure, leisurely sail. So you gotta you gotta figure this stuff out, right? You gotta you gotta sort of have a conversation about it, and and probe each other's likes and dislikes. You know, it's oftentimes pretty easy. To, at least I think it's pretty easy to tell when a person starts becoming uncomfortable. Right. Whether you're driving the car too fast, you can look over at your passenger, you know, and if they're holding on to the doors, you can tell, all right, you're driving too fast. Uh, the same thing is true in sailing. Right. If you're sailing and the wind is blowing hard and the boats leaned way over and the person is gritting their teeth and holding on, it's time to back off because that person's not having a good time. So I think I think you really got to think about about that a, a, a little bit and, and make sure you keep people in their comfort zone and with experience your comfort zone can move right you can get more comfortable in in various different things so that's that's sort of how i think about it interesting now i know you and your wife have been on many charters and i know you're more of a sailor than she is kind of you told me that in the past what specific suggestions do you have for carter because it sounds like this might be a similar situation it's a little bit uneven in terms of the experience and the passion, right? Yeah. So keep keep the stress factor low, right? Keep the stress factor low. Because as I said before, remember, the objective is to hopefully have another sailing vacation. <laughs> this isn't the only one you ever do. Uh, so what, what I like to do is, number one, is limit the actual sailing to no more than four hours a day. Assuming the other person you're with doesn't want to sail all the time, right? So a limit to four hours a day. Uh, so that makes it sort of leisurely. You're not in a rush to get anywhere. So that means you have to plan your destinations, right? If I'm going to be in location one for today and I want to be in location two tomorrow, I got to plan the distance correctly. So it's only going to take me four hours or less to get there. So I, it takes a little bit of planning. Uh, I like to say keep the boat vertical, not heeled over. Uh, this means uh, you have to reef the sails early. So reefing the sails means uh, making the sails smaller. So on all sailboats, there's a way to reduce the amount of sail area or the size of the sail that's up. It's done various different ways, but typically as the wind blows harder, you need less and less sail. So you can make the main sail smaller. You can make your jib sail smaller. So reef early. 
Um, try to try to sail downwind. And there's been situations when it's really windy. Um, what I do is I just motor. Now, I would love to sail then. If I was with my two sons, we'd be sailing. But if I'm with certain other individuals, we're motoring. Again, reduce the stress. You don't want people to, to, to be stressful, stressed out. Another thing is I like to stay at marinas. So sometimes it gets pretty hot when you're sailing. And uh, so if you're at a marina, you got power. You can plug in the air conditioning. Uh, you have land-based bathrooms and showers. Now, boats have bathrooms and showers on them, but they're not very large, right? Uh, it's easy to get off the boat. You can go for a walk. You can go see some sights. So I like to stay at marinas as opposed to staying at anchor. Again, it depends who I'm with. I, I adapt what I'm doing depending upon the individuals I'm with. Uh, marinas are also better for rainy days because it's just just nicer, right? The other thing I'll say that I think is a big stress generator is cooking while you're underway. Uh, the boat's rocking back and forth. The kitchens are small, and uh, it can just it can just be dangerous, right? If you're trying to boil something or heat something up, so try not to uh, cook while you're underway. So I like this, Bill. I mean, what you're really saying is be considerate, right? This is about we, not me. Yeah. And, and adapt and adjust. And you're a nice human being. And I know this, and you're able to step out of yourself and see, kind of feel what the needs are of other people. You have some empathy. So it's interesting. So I think we could almost argue that empathetic people might make better group sailors, right? When you're, when you're taking a group of sailing. So this is interesting. Now, you know, I, you, I, I think anybody who's listened knows that I'm always interested in food. Um, and I have cooked while underway and it is a challenge. Um, but especially when a group is a group dinner or something, it can be an extra challenge. So I agree. So speaking of food, how do you manage the food? What food is good to have on board? Things you like to cook for a group, things like that. What are your insights there that might be helpful for Carter? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is always, uh, interesting. Uh, and, and if you're with your spouse or your partner or someone you really know it, it, you already know sort of what their tastes are in food. So that makes that part easy or easier. Uh, but I like to cook while I'm at either at anchor or at the dock. Uh, keep things simple. Remember, it's a small kitchen with a small sink. You have a limited amount of water, uh, so you don't have a lot of space. So you don't want to try to cook up something that you have to have five or six pots and pans for the preparation and the cooking. You, you know, you want to do things in one pan or one pot uh, if you can. Uh, again, try not to cook while you're sailing. Uh, it's just risky with hot things and a rocking boat. Um, what other thing I like to do is I, I like to try to cook things in advance. So if we're going to be at, at, at a marina for a day, uh, cook, a, cook up a few meals and, and put them in the fridge. So all you have to do is heat them up. Uh, things like pasta, mac and cheese, beans and franks. Uh, quite frankly, things that you can eat from a bowl are really good. Uh, because even when you're at a marina or if you're out at anchor or on a mooring, uh, the boat will rock and move. So, you know, soup is not in a bowl. Soup is in a mug, <laughs> preferably with a cover on it. Uh, and what I actually find is dog food bowls are really great things for eating out of. Uh, number one, they're deep, typically. Um, they're made out of metal, so they don't break if you drop them. They're, they're stackable. Uh, many of them are non-slip on the bottom. Uh, and they're easy to clean. 
and and they're great for spaghetti or mac and cheese, beans and franks, you know, these types of things that you you can sort of ladle out onto your into your dog food bowl and then eat it, and it's it's not going to be messy. Um, so I think I think uh, that's a couple of ideas. I'm a little skeptical about the dog food bowls. I'll try to be open minded, but you know, <laughs> one thing I don't like more than babies is pets, and uh, I might have a hard time with this, but I trust you, so I'll try it. Well, if if you don't have a dog on the boat and then you have dog food bowls, that's okay. But if there's also a dog on the boat, then oh, I would get, get confused. <laughs> right. right. I, get I mean, I'm suspicious. not a great cook, but I'm not that bad either, you know? <laughs> exactly. What about in the morning? Yeah, good question. So in the morning, we like to have maybe eggs if, if uh, uh, we, we want to cook something. It's pretty simple. Do scrambled eggs, boom, you know, easy to eat, easy to cook. Uh, or typically we have cereal. Uh, we'll have some fruit as well. Uh, tend to stay away from greasy things. So greasy things like bacon, which I love bacon, tends to make you more prone to seasickness. So you, you, you want to stay away from sort of greasy foods. Uh, and if you're going to be sailing during lunchtime, which oftentimes is the case, right? Because you have a nice leisurely breakfast. We're going to leave the marina or pull up anchor at 10 o'clock. We have four hours to sail to get to our next destination between two and three. We're going to be eating lunch while we're underway. So oftentimes I'll make the sandwiches in advance. So the sandwiches are pre-made. You make them at breakfast time. Before you take off, you throw them in the fridge. Uh, and then, then people can eat whenever they want. Right. It's not like, OK, everybody has to eat at the same time, because if someone's sailing the boat, they they really can't eat. Right. They got to sail the boat. So that makes that part really nice. I, I really like this notion of sandwiches or, or some type of something like that that's pre-made and people can eat whenever you want. I also like to bring lots of snacks uh, like trail mix, granola bars, fruit. Uh, you get the munchies. Uh, you you, you want to eat something a little bit to hold you over. Um self-service it's really great here again these are things that you know you, you take it out of the cupboard and you can eat it there's no real prep time makes it nice and easy the other thing that's really important lots of drinks it can get hot it's amazing how much uh, water you'll lose so things like just plain water or if you like gatorade something like that is great uh, i always have a lot of that on the boat what i tend to do is uh, i buy uh, the, the mix, whether it be iced tea mix or Gatorade mix, you know, it's a powdered form. Uh, and then you just mix it with water. I find that way I'm, I'm not bringing jugs of Gatorade on the boat and jugs of water. I just bring water and I have this container of the powdered mix, which works really well. I like to say, uh, save the alcohol until after you arrive at your destination uh, on, on boats that I'm on, if I'm the captain, there's no alcohol consumption while we're underway. It's just, I don't want to go down that road, right? Clouds your judgment. Um, and oftentimes, uh, dinner can be the larger meal, uh, because you're going to be at anchor or, uh, at the, at the marina. We have a grill on the boat. We have a little gas fired grill, propane grill on the back of the boat. So that's a lot of fun. And uh, make yourself a special treat once in a while. I think this is always good. I remember on one of the charters I did with my son and his wife, uh, we chartered in Tampa Bay. I still remember this, and this was probably eight, nine years ago. And uh, we had dinner one night, and all of a sudden, uh, my daughter-in-law brings out the chocolate chip cookie dough and that she had pre-made. And, uh, you know, we popped them in the oven, 
and we had fresh chocolate chip cookies. Uh, we, I think we had those on two, two separate nights on the boat, and I, I still remember this. Here it is eight, eight years later. It was a great treat. Cool. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds like some planning and um, kind of understanding what people like and this idea of timing and making sure that people can eat when they need to or they want to during the lunchtime. And yeah, this all sounds like good advice, uh, Bela. Um, what about prepping for the charter? What are the things that Carter should think about uh, as he gets ready to do this um, this trip? <clears throat> so one of the great things about the east part of the United States and almost any place that people sail or, or you have boats is there, there are guidebooks. Um, think about these as the travel books that we used to buy before Google Maps <laughs> uh, when we'd go on a trip, uh, you know, a, a land-based trip. Uh, there's guidebooks, and these guidebooks are really great. Uh, they're loaded with information on places to go, on good marinas, uh, good places to anchor, places to visit, sort of, you know, different sites and, and parks, et cetera, depending on what you want to do. And a lot of... Uh, applications uh, for your cell phone started, are starting to have this information in it now. But I like to have these guidebooks because sometimes you don't get a cell phone signal. So it makes it really nice if, uh, if you have these books. And I like to read through those and, and sort of make up an itinerary. Also, if you're chartering a boat, like Carter said, said he is, ask the charter company. They will oftentimes have chart an itinerary uh, and suggestions for you. They'll say, hey, look, here's the, here's the typical five-day charter. Here's a typical seven-day charter that people do. Uh, and tell them what you're looking for. You know, if you want to go snorkeling or scuba diving, tell them that. If you just want to take the boat and lay on a beach for a while, tell them that, and, and they'll help you figure out that stuff. And I think planning this is something you should do together with your spouse or your partner or whoever you're going with. Make that a group effort because people then buy into it, right? They're involved in the process. Uh, I, I think that's that's very, very helpful. The other thing I'll say is remember, a week charter goes by really, really fast. It's amazing how fast that week goes by. So don't try to cram too much stuff into it. And I think you have to have a buffer day because you may get bad weather. You may get the wind is too strong to sail or you get a rainy day or you decide you really like someplace and you want to stay there an extra day. Don't get yourself in a situation <clears throat> excuse me, where you have to move every day. You know, if, you, if you're making a big loop kind of a plan or an out and back plan, you got to kind of think that through because you got to be back at a certain time. So build yourself in a buffer day, a day of not going anywhere or not, not doing anything. And it gives you that flexibility. I'll tell you, I've become a big fan of YouTube. Uh, as some people call it, YouTube University. There's just tons of information. There's lots of sailing videos out there. Uh, see if you can find some sailing videos that are take place at the location you'll be going to. The British Virgin Islands is a very popular sailing destination. So I'm sure you can find some videos. And then you'll get to see about people's experience and you'll get to see the sites they went to. And it'll give you an idea of that. And remember, discuss what's comfortable, what's not comfortable, what are what are what are what are the people nervous about? What are they worried about? Right? What are their concerns? Like so, for example, my wife says I always want to be able to see land. So that means I know I can only go three or four miles away from land. <laughs> so I got to take that into consideration. And remember, the reason for the re this vacation is to relieve stress, not cause it. So really focus on that and. 
make sure there's a good match there between you and your passengers on the boat. This is great. And I do like the idea of making sure your first trip with a given group or a given person isn't your last. And that's the goal you have. You're right. Right. It's a it's a neat philosophy. So this is great, Bela. I think we answered a lot of hopefully all of Carter's questions. I learned a lot in the process. So thanks for asking the question, Carter. It wasn't one on the top of my mind, but uh, but great. And I hope uh, that some other listeners found it useful as well. So let's lap, wrap this episode up. Um, listeners, thanks for joining us. Uh, we hope you found this conversation interesting and thought-provoking like I did. If you have questions about what we've discussed or have other questions or suggestions on topics we should cover, please feel free to get in touch with us. Our email is sailingtheeast, all one word, at gmail.com. Yep, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, hit that follow button in your favorite podcasting application. <clears throat> so until next time, signing off from upstate New York. See you soon, Mike. Thanks, Bela. And from over here in Münster, Germany, auf Wiedersehen. Thank you.